0: welcome to the rake we have an awesome guest today a uh, superior athlete and and a sometimes poker player uh he's a canadian poker prodigy the youngest EPt winner um over 13 million in live earnings and a 90 percent free throw shooter with uh-huh. the worst form anyone has ever seen um welcome to the pod mike mcdonald Yeah, thanks.
1: uh, Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Great, uh, great introduction.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So um, for people who kind of, I feel like there's a lot of people who started to pay attention to the free throw bet, and there might be a small percentage of them who know you as the basketball guy. Um, So maybe give a tiny intro about um, how you started in poker and some of the early success that you had. Yeah,
1: um, so I I guess for me, you know, I I was, um, I was kind of, you know, Caught poker shortly after you know the boom was beginning. Like I think I first found poker late two thousand four, um, and you know was was in high school at the time. The way you know I think a lot of a lot of the sort of top players today, I think we're in that same sort of window. They were somewhere between grade ten and second year university when when you know MoneyMaker won and Raymer won and you know things like that, where it was just all of a sudden there was this slew of you know every every college kid. Is, is playing this, basically. Um, and then 15 years later, a lot of people start. So I, I, started, I started around that time. Uh, I started as a Limit Hold'em guy, which probably sounds weird in this era, but back then, probably half of people started it with Limit Hold'em, um, which is really strange. It was a lot more popular than PLO or anything like that. Um, played Limit Hold'em for about a year, year and a half. Um, was very cautious with my bankroll. Like every time I moved up in stakes, I always did bad. You know, I would just you know, go lose, you know, 50 bets in the first session or whatnot. And I was just always so shook about moving up in stakes. So I was, I just, I would just kind of, you know, play two, four, or limit hold them, even though I had like, you know, a bankroll for five, 10, limit or 10, 20 or something. And then I finally, a guy from my uh, guy from my town, Steve Paul Ambrose won the PCA. It was all over, it was all over the, you know, the news and stuff like that, that, you know, this 22 year old university student had just won, you know, one and a half million down in the Bahamas so uh i i reached out to him just being like hey you know i'm i'm still in high school you know I, I love poker but i don't really have any like friends who play poker like i read some books but like you seem you know you seem like you know better than me i'd i'd creeped him a bit and like read all his two, his two posts i'm oh here like, this guy knows what he's talking about and what i'm like hey if you do you want a fucking teenager to come over your house and <laughs> try to learn from you let, let me know or whatnot so i reached out to him and you know actually uh, mike watson reached out to him in like a similar fashion so then you know he you know mike watson and i would go just kind of like play uh play poker in like the you know in the basement of like his you know university house <laughs> or whatnot uh and just all, we'd all play online tournaments and i think i think getting to know those guys really um you know kind of vaulted uh my success pretty aggressively you know within a couple of weeks i moved from playing two four limits like five ten and then within like a month or two maybe two months they were kind of encouraging me to play tournaments where he you know he had just won a million bucks playing like 30 60 50 100 limit hold'em which were his main games wasn't that exciting so he would play all the you know the sunday million and all, all the things were you know that were more exciting so when um when they were all playing more tournaments i kind of transitioned to tournaments and, and felt I think I felt that, you know, with, with limit I was fine, but I didn't I don't necessarily feel like I had a knack for it. And then I felt like with tournaments. Like as soon as, you know, as soon as he just said, Yeah, you know, against these guys you can raise any two on the button. You know, as oh, when it's when a bubble happens, you can raise any two in any position. And like all these like all these things, I was kind of like, Oh, this is so much more fun than following my starting hand chart and making money because I know to fold King Jack often earlier, you know what? Like it was it was just uh it, it just felt very uh I don't know, more fun, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You know, very I came from like a chess background before that and I always had a very kind of attacking style rather than like a fundamental style. And I felt that I was suited for tournaments. So it kind of stuck with tournaments and you know, w- went off to university and kind of knew that, you know, once I was old enough to play live tournaments, I wanted to be doing that. So I was kind of, you know, I I was kind of getting, you know, prepped to tell my dad that I'm dropping out of university. And my dad, unbeknownst to me, was kind of getting prepped to tell my mom that I'm going to tell them I'm dropping out of university. <laughs> um, so, so I, uh, yeah, so basically, you know, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's just basically decided, you know, um, once, yeah. Once I was eighteen, go start playing these kind of live tournaments. Um, on my eighteenth birthday was when I had that Jamie Gold hand, which is kind of funny. Um, and yeah. I just kind of, I just kind of did, just dove right into playing kind of all the all the sort of big uh, big live stops. Um, got absolutely torched the first four months, like, you know, coming, coming home from Christmas out of that, I was maybe down 250 K or something like that. Wow. Uh, coming, coming home to Christmas, my mom's like, Oh, you know, I was checking the university website. It's not that it's not too late to enroll for <laughs> winter classes. You know, you, you took three terms back to back to back. You wouldn't even be behind a term after taking this term, you know, it was just trying to drop, drop those hints that I can go back to school kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, were you? Was, and then, this, was, was this all your own bankroll at this point, or had you been selling to these stops, or you had built it up online?
1: Yeah, so I I built I built it up on online. Where I mean, one it was easier back then, and two I had both one I, I had one um, pretty big pretty big score on Paradise Poker that kind of like tripled my bankroll at one point and really kind of helped uh, yeah helped with that, and then I kind of. Um, after, after that also the buy-ins weren't that big online like there were very few tournaments over a $200 buy-in or $100 rebuy back then so after this kind of big paradise poker score I was like well like I don't think I have the talent to be playing higher stakes cash I don't have the age to be playing big live tournaments so I, I was just like okay what do I do now that I'm kind of overruled for you know all the bigger tournaments and so I, I started backing a lot of players online mm-hmm. and then a lot of the players that I backed had a lot of success so like when I was in university I didn't have As like I would play, I would play usually Tuesday night, Thursday night, and Sunday kind of thing. But I didn't have the like full grind seven days a week kind of thing. But I would just kind of, you know, I would just kind of uh, go kind of um, go off to class, (laughs) do some homework, and then you know talk to people that were you know you know doing well in their tournaments and stuff like that. And it was uh, I think I I I mean I don't think I was a very good backer. I think I was kind of just lucky. Like when I look through how many other people I think approached backing similarly to me back in that day. I think I uh, very easily could have gotten very bad for me. I think I had a lot of kind of dumb luck on my side. Um, And then, yeah, just kind of when, yeah, when I was old enough, just kind of went off and just kind of started uh, started firing, uh, yeah, 100% and everything. And also the one thing that was weird back then in particular is like, it's like people, I feel like people only really discovered swapping in like, I don't know, around 2008 or something or 2009. (laughs) Where it's, it was like when I, when I went down, like when, when Steve won the tournament in the Bahamas, you know, he had maybe 150 K bankroll. His roommate had like 50 K bankroll or something. And they were both playing like an $8,000 tournament when they'd never, neither of them had played a tournament above like a thousand bucks and they didn't have a swap with each other. <laughs> and it's like, and if they knew swapping, like, you know, his old roommate, Aaron, always these jokes, that like if they knew what swapping exists, they would have swapped 25% or 40% sure. or something where it's just like, it was just like I, at some point, Around yeah, around 2009 ish everyone's like, you yeah, know, swap five with you, five with you, five and okay. it became and people realize, hey, if you go in a tournament, you've got forty percent of yourself and six, ten percent swaps, okay, that's probably you know, especially in a high edge tournament that might be better than selling action. You yeah, know, mm-hmm. you can save your trip if one guy gets fourth place and you get ten percent or whatnot. And it's just yeah, it was just back then. So it was there, was, there just was was no slopping kind of things. So, Dude, I did this
0: the, the first time I ever played the main event. I satellited in. I'd never played anything over a 500 dollars tournament in my life. Like I was brand new to poker. I won a seat in a five hundred dollar tournament to the main, and I just played the main ten thousand dollars, one hundred percent of myself. I've never <laughs> yeah. come close to that since. So like now I'm like I feel like I know probably around what my edge is in it i know a lot of good players who are willing to just swap even tiny little pieces i'll never have 100 percent again but when i didn't know what the fuck i was doing i was like yeah sure i'm in here for 100 percent, bluffing my ass off out in day one no nope. <laughs> it's yeah, amazing
1: it's it's so like i've never i've never really heard too many people talk about this but it just it just makes no sense like it just yeah. makes no sense that i mean this is back in the days when you know there were Heads up for roles, challenges, where you know, I, I think everyone just had a lot more kind of a you know, all in type mentality back then. Yeah. Um but yeah, so it's like when I when I think through things, like if I if I you know, if that, that first four months uh, probably could have mitigated some losses nicely swapping with you know For people sure. that were good, and then you know when I started running good, better later in the year, I probably deserved to make a lot less than I did because if I if I knew what swapping was, <laughs> I would have swapped with some people. So yep. it was yeah, it was kind of uh, so that was kind of how I got started there, and then um, yeah, I mean I I wasn't able to play in Vegas until 2011, so I just kind of played I played the you know the European circuit, you know played oddsy millions played. A couple times in Macau before Macau blew up, which is kind of, kind of an interesting thing to have done, like play Macau in 2007 mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and it was just, uh, I, I think it was a, another thing that was a bit lucky with timing is back before black Friday, the sort of, you know, a lot of the, the best players were, you know, were the guys that were just, you know, living in Vegas, playing online tournaments. When a Vegas WPT happens, they go and the, that's a real tough field kind of thing. So, you mm-hmm. know, the, the Atlantic city stuff, decently tough and whatnot. And it was just, Pre Black Friday, just the fact that I wasn't old enough and I would go play in Europe, or I was kind of forced to play in Europe, I think got me into better games. Like now, I think the EPTs are tougher, but at, but pre Black Friday, I think they were softer, um, which was kind of a yeah, kind of an interest like an interesting dynamic where it's it's you know probably early two thousand tens. I think there was a big kind of shift in that direction.
0: It's so sad too. Like I used to, we would make location reads, right? We pre black (laughs) Friday. I'd be like, Oh man, I don't know if I want to call this guy and like hover over and be like Brazil. And I'm like, Vamo. (laughs) 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 And that's how it was. And now it feels like if you, I don't really play internationally. I'm in Vegas. Um, but if I were like if I knew someone's an American, I would just assume they're a little tighter and a little worse than the, the Europeans and, and people playing from elsewhere. We just kind of fell behind when it got shut down, and I just feel like it, there's no making that up now, like you need to put in reps playing tournaments and studying and, and getting a ton of hand histories, playing against the best people in the world, and you can't do that from the us anymore kind of is a bummer.
1: Yeah, the idea of you know I just like, if, I just couldn't have imagined america not being by far the best poker country kind of thing and then you know by two years after black friday like or something it's like okay it's germany now you know it's like mm-hmm. you know it's just it was it was very kind of swift i suppose and you know i think there's i think now as more games move to apps as more people move to vpn uh, you know it's, it's kind of uh it, i think i think it's you know been making up making up some slack i suppose um but you know for a couple of years there it was really like uh I think very few people are VPNing, and anyone who would would tell anyone that they are, et cetera. So it was, you know, it's a different it's a different environment there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's kind of embarrassing to play Texas Hold'em versus Germans and get spanked. We're like, it's Texas Hold'em, and we suck yeah. at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I always, I, I mean, this is a dumb comment, but I always forget that like text like technically like when my when my brain goes to Omaha, I'm like, okay, Omaha, it's a uh, Alternative poker game. It's named after a city, but when I think of Texas Hold'em, I just like when I hear Texas Hold'em, I think poker. Like I, I just don't, I just don't think the location of Texas. But yeah, so I for, I, I forget that it's location driven. But yeah, that is that is kind of funny.
2: Um, um. So what? So you're playing, you're grinding, and you were the youngest person to win an apt and then when you're kind of crushing it, you decide to kind of leave. So tell us about that decision.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. So basically I was, I was probably 20 or 21. um, And I was just, I was sort of, I was sort of in that age where like, Hey, I'd, I'd done quite well with poker. I was kind of, I wasn't really sure what my next steps were in poker back, back in that era. There wasn't like, there wasn't like a super high roller circuit or anything like that. Like they'd, they'd have the odd, you have the odd high roller, but you know, you couldn't even buy into stuff through stars. So it's like you play some 30 person 25K with a re-entry. It's like, okay, well you just gotta convert money to Euros, send over a wire transfer. Maybe you don't it, it was not, you know, playing almost all pros. You know, the, the high roller circuit was not glamorous kind of 2010, 2011. So I was just, I just kind of felt like I was at an age range which was Kind of my my last chance to go get sort of like a normal university experience or whatnot. Where I was just like, okay, I'm I'm going to go you know back to school. You know, Poker Media decided to call it like a retirement. I was more just like, hey, you know, let's let's go kind of you know do some other stuff for a bit. You know, I was back in school for a year, a little over a year, and then I forget. I can't really remember exactly why. I think I was just kind of I think I just missed poker. You know, I think I think I guess I I'm a pretty competitive person, and it was it was one of those things where. I don't know. Trying to be top of your class just doesn't feel that cool. Trying to be, um, you know, whether it's you know like rec sports or something, you know, whatever I was doing the, the competitive outlet, like it was, it was just a reminder of how much I kind of took for granted this this sort of process of of trying to be one of the best in the world at, at something. Um, and I think it, I think I didn't really uh, realize how much I was taking that for granted when. I was in that environment most of my close friends were in that environment and it's just like it grew kind of so normal after being around high six poker for four or five years that i don't think i realized kind of how much i like live that i guess um and so i think that i think kind of being away from that you know i had um the, the one thing that i guess uh played a bit of a role i had like a third degree ankle sprain playing volleyball um and then so i was in I was in crutches and then just like went in crutches and not able to, you know, really play sports or anything like that. I was, I just started playing some like random F tops events or whatnot. And I I played a few Sundays. I was like, it's kind of fun. You know, I I still, I still got it a little bit or whatnot. And it was, it was just kind of, it was just sort of, you know, a bit of a reminder. And then, you know, that summer I I knew, even though being back in school, I was going to go down to Vegas that summer. My first summer in Vegas as a 21 year old. Um, I won an epic poker league event and had some had some close calls in, in at the series and whatnot. And I was it was kind of like a you know when I after you know just traveling the live circuit for a couple of years, I got focused on a lot of the things I didn't like about it. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm kind of coming into with a fresher perspective, you know the things I do like about it are pretty damn good. So you know I kind of I, I sort of realized like hey fuck I don't want to I don't want to spend a few more years in school like I so I uh, yeah went back to playing poker. Um, was with poker for another sort of five years, and that was kind of you know the birth of the you know super high rollers. You know they started being more fifty k's and they started being more hundred k's, and it, it got to the point that you know you you get to play a big tournament at every live stop in Europe and stuff. So or a couple of them, so that was uh, that was quite quite cool. Um, and then sort of late, you know, or so early twenty seventeen, we launched Poker Shares, and then you know at that point it was kind of like I knew. I knew poker sort of entering this sort of solver era, and I, I think solvers are kind of cool theoretically, but like I, I hate them. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's just like I, I love the kind of come in, you know, you just you just sort of you play against an opponent for month after month, year after year. And you sort of just compile like, what things you think they're doing badly, and then if you play with them again, you you get to hopefully own them or whatnot and it's like I, I much preferred that mentality than when everyone's kind of vaguely narrowing in on like the solution and you know i feel like i i just didn't i don't know i didn't i didn't really um like that as much so I, the combination of that and it getting tougher and our business you know launching i just sort of realized okay i don't really want to uh yeah i, I don't really want to um keep playing at a high level i guess so that was that was kind of my you know, real retirement from poker, I suppose.
0: For sure. I I feel like now, uh, now there's the pandemic and people are playing a lot more poker. People came out of the woodwork and just playing. It was so much fun to play. And I didn't realize how bored I was getting, feeling like my edge is so tiny if it even exists at all. And then with apps where people are just playing and like, throwing money out the window. I'm like, poker is fun when you feel like it's worth it. When you can just kind of grind, you're like, oh, this is worth my time. I'll play for 10 hours straight. Uh, In live poker in Vegas, you can't make me play more than four hours. The games are so dead. And I just thought, wow, I guess I just have done this for too long. And I lost my love for this game. But I realized the game changed so much. It's just not as fun when you're trying to grind out like $30 an hour or something like that. It's just, Not exciting, but I don't know like what's going to happen when live poker comes back again. If people are just dying to play, if it's going to be fun again for a year or two, or what? Like, I don't. What do you think is going to happen after this whole plague is over?
1: That's a good question. I would. uh, Yeah, I mean, I I don't. I have no idea. Um, I would I would guess that there will be people pretty excited. You know, more excited than usual, but probably. You know, less of a boom than this. You know, app boom and back in March or whatnot. You know, probably probably some sort of you know middle ground type thing where uh, numbers you know numbers are, are are better than better than usual. I would think, especially relative to other let's call them casino products or whatnot. Like I would mm-hmm. think that you know, let's say casinos are twenty percent less popular than they were in twenty nineteen. Well, I think poker might be. 5% less popular. Again, basically, whatever it is, yeah. I think will will outperform other casino games. Mm-hmm. would be my guess.
0: Uh, uh, yeah. People will be dying for social interaction. That might be one of the reasons. Just like, uh, I, I don't know, like there's something about poker where it, how it used to be anyway, where people would go and they like want to have a drink and play with people. I'm not that social. And right now I am dying to go play live poker. I, I haven't felt like this in years.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's like where where I'm at Banff, like maybe a couple times a year they'll have like a one k or two k buy, in and I'll play one once a year, once for two years or whatnot. It's like it's just kind of fun to go down and play like a very kind of rec heavy, fairly soft field or whatnot. And but it, even when I do it, it's like each time I've gone, I sort of wake up that morning. I'm like, do I want to go into Calgary for the one k or whatnot? Do I want and and it's like if there was one running tomorrow, like I'll be the first guy in line to register. You know, I just. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been a long time since I played it. I, I totally relate.
2: Um, I was going to say you since we're speaking about COVID, you did bet really early on that WSOP will be cancels. What did you end up getting for odds on that?
1: Yeah, I got uh, 12 to one. I think I think what happened is I want to say I think Doug put out a line at 20 to one and then i said okay i'll do 16 to 1 and then i said i'll do 12 to 1 um even though like i didn't have a ton of you know everyone acts as if i knew this was coming you know i saw the future or something i was just like uh like i didn't bet that i didn't bet that much and i had plenty of people messaging me i mean no no one that no one messaging me that like I trust a hundred percent and wouldn't have to worry about credit risk, you know, et cetera. But I just had, I just had a moderate number of people being like, Hey, you know, I want to bet 12 k against one K or something where I was just like, you know, didn't recognize the Twitter handle and like, didn't bother following up or what? So, you know, if I had, if I had true conviction on the bet, like, you know, so anyway, people, people keep, you know, patting me on the back. But if I, if I thought this was 90% to happen or something, I I would have approached the bet differently, I suppose. So I, I think I, yeah, I think it was, uh, I think I bet um, 2k against 24k and half a bitcoin against six bitcoin were the two bets I made. So uh, uh, and then the, the 2k versus 24k was that it happens at all. Like it's you know, so if there's a if December 31st there's a World Series event uh, in Vegas, I'll lose that bet. So you know, I won the I won the six bitcoin bet, and then the 24k bet is still uh, pending, I guess, but. I think it's looking fairly good for me, I suppose.
2: Nice. Um, so crazy. Yeah. I feel like I remember when you that came out, though, and it, at that time it was like COVID wasn't really a thing-ish. Like it wasn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, what, I don't know, you seem to have some certainty, like what was it about it that like made you think it should be a thing? Yeah, I, I,
1: yeah, I guess, Yeah. So I guess for me, I got, um, I got a little bit obsessed with COVID kind of, end of January and just the way it was, you know, it was, it was, it was growing 50% per day or whatnot. It was just, you know, it was, it was crazy. And I you know, I said, you know, got a little bit obsessed with it and was just like, Oh, this looks really bad. And, you know, I was telling, I was telling my roommate how, you know, like we're going to be probably faster than other people, but we might need to rush to the grocery store. Cause like grocery store might be empty in like a few days. And then, and then, you know, late January stock market hits an all time high, you know, first week of February stock market, hits a new all time high. And I was just like, yeah, you know, I could see the numbers trailing off in China. And then I was just like, I took, I took a few weeks of just like, um, you know, I talked to my business partner I'm like, maybe we should be, you know, selling some Bitcoin, selling some stocks. And then we, and then stocks kept making new highs and whatnot. And we we're just like, eh, now let's just kind of avoid this. And then kind of third week of February, I was, a friend of mine moved to the Cayman Islands and I was down like visiting him, getting drunk every day. And I was just like, I wasn't really paying that much attention to what, uh, what was going on in, in in poker or in the world or anything like that. And then my, you know, my business partner mentions me, he's like, I I think you're right. You know, I think I've been watching this and it feels like, feels like shit's about to hit the fan. So, you know, we just just started like, then took kind of like a day or two of just kind of thinking like what, what's going to happen in the world? What's going to happen in markets? How do we, you know, how does he Mm -hmm. prepare his family? How do I prepare myself? (laughs) You know, like what do we, uh, you know, what do we do for this? And then as far as, you know, investments, what do we do there? And it's sort of, Still didn't have a ton of conviction, but I was just like, man, this this seems like a very, like rather than think about like what to do in the stock market, or this idea of like, you know, being able to bet like after seeing Doug's tweet and be like, it kind of seems like you're getting some exposure where it's like, hey, I lose one unit and or hey, I win 12, this pandemic is a big deal kind of thing. So that was that was one of the, yeah, that was, that was kind of just seemed like a, a lazy solution to trying to figure out, you know, what like... Yeah, Why not? Was like a hedge or whatnot, I guess. So yeah, it was yes. Yeah, so that would have been yeah, third week of February or something like that, maybe fourth week of February. Um, so it was yeah, just kind of had just kind of had waves of uh, of obsessing over this thing. And I mean, right now, I guess I'm I'm privileged, kind of being middle of the nowhere in can middle of nowhere in Canada, but like I'm pretty uh, and just sort of shooting free throws at my house all day. I'd say <laughs> over, over, overall, I'd I'd say I'm pretty fortunate that it's been. Uh, Yeah, less of an impediment to my life than a lot of people, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so the last even the last three months, I've been, you know, read one or two hours a week on stuff, but not, not the kind of keep, keep updated on every single thing that's going on every policy change, etc. So I've been, I've been kind of, uh, yeah, just turning my brain off to all of that lately.
0: Yeah, I I had a message. Johnson recently sent me a message I'd sent to him end of January where I was like, hey, John, don't go to Macau. And he's like, what? I was like, I don't know, this coronavirus thing, I just like linked him to an article. And I was thinking how bad this would all be if this happened, exactly what happened. And I sent my grandma this like pack of emergency shit where it was just like all these supplies. But looking back, it's like, oh, cool. I had an inkling this is going to happen, but had no idea what to do about it. Because I sent her like two weeks worth of stuff. Like I thought this was going to be like pandemic. Everybody dies and then we're over it. And then it's like, you know, I'm like, I had no idea what to do. So it's like, even knowing, even having like the right, uh, like intuition about the situation, we still were completely unprepared. Even if you believed hundred percent, this terrible thing was going to happen. We still had no idea. Like we're so blinded to any real world problems in the U S we're just like, ah, it'll be fine. Like still people think it's fine. So uh, it's just like a very frustrating thing to have happen and just have, I don't know. We had no idea how to deal with any of it.
1: Yeah. it's. I mean, you look at the people in charge who probably should have the most knowledge at their disposal. They clearly have no idea either. You know, it's, it's a lot of guesswork and it's so, it's such a uh, foreign, um, I mean, it's just such a, such a foreign thing, I suppose that, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of nuts. And yeah, it's, it's very like, you know, even say knowing what we know about now, about things now, if you could hop back to January or February, what would, what would you do or whatnot? You know, it's just, you know, it's 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 reasonably like it's it's reasonably likely that we had you know we've had cases way before we realized we had cases kind of thing. Like you just mm-hmm. have you know, you just have someone who really early on, you know, first week of January, um, you know, came back from came back from you know Christmas back home or whatnot, and gave it to a few friends, and it's asymptomatic, asymptomatic, like even if you Close the border by the time there was a hundred confirmed cases worldwide, it might be too late. You know, it's it's just yeah, yeah it's really uh, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 such a different kind of enemy or whatnot than uh, mm-hmm. than anything else we've kind of dealt with. So yeah, it's I mean, it's that's uh, yeah, a, a weird
0: thing. Yeah. The, the pe- people's reactions to it have been very weird. Like, some people went and just studied a bunch of solvers for months. Some people got into free throw competitions. Um, <laughs> is this what happened to you, that you're just sitting at home knowing that you're going to be at home for a while with not a whole lot to do? Um, and, how, like, what sparked your free throw bet? How did this come about?
1: Yeah, I mean, the free throw bet, I would say, was also a bit of a guess of, like, uh, um, misjudging coronavirus i suppose where i thought it was reasonably likely we'd be in like a full lockdown not allowed to leave the house and you know my roommate he has a basketball hoop in his room and i was thinking man i'm gonna leave my lose my mind if i like can't leave the house for five months or something i was like hey like this is kind of, you know, we have a ping pong table and we have, uh, you know, we have basketball hoop. And I was just like, you know, I was just, was thinking, Hey, I don't really feel like playing ping pong. Okay. Well, well, you know, basketball, basketball hoop it is. or whatnot. And then I, uh, you know, that was, was just thinking, you know, I, I, I thought that this year was going to be the year that I get to be like a, a passable golfer or whatnot. And then I was like, hey, I don't really want to be on public. Well, one, and you'll know, made this bet. So I haven't, you know, I think I've golfed twice this year or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, yeah, it, was, it definitely, coronavirus played a role where I just thought, hey, what's just what's kind of something I can do to, you know, sort of not not, not lose my mind uh, if I'm stuck in the house for six months or something.
2: So tell us just briefly, for people who don't know, like how did it come about? Who took action? How did it start? And uh, what was the terms?
1: Yeah, so basically... Um, the the way the bet the kind of the way the bet started is um Jonathan Bales, this uh DFS guy, he made a bet on whether he could do twenty four hundred push-ups in twelve hours. So you I know, watched he, that.
0: That was insane. That guy is a
1: machine. <laughs> like
0: what yeah. is the next day for him like though? I like I've overdone it in the gym once or twice, like always with pushups too, where I'm just like, oh, I'm feeling good. And then, <laughs> like, oh my god, you feel like your muscle is dying. I'm like, I think I'm going into necrosis right now. <laughs> like that's how bad it hurt. How, yeah. like, how did that dude do it? And how, like the next day of his life must've been absolutely fucking awful.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that, I think that dude is just an incredible athlete. You know, if you, if you told me he did 2,400 pushups the next day, I might believe it kind of thing. Maybe not, <laughs> but uh, he, he, I think he could have done 3,600, you know, he, insane. he, he made yeah, it was, it was incredible. Um, So we saw that. Yeah, we saw that bet. And then Aaron was talking about how uh, how many free throws um, would he have to sink in a day? That would be an equivalent to that. And we were talking, you know, maybe four thousand eight hundred in a day, or six thousand in a day, or you know, something that would be similarly difficult. And he was he was kind of thinking about trying to build, you know, build some sort of setup to like funnel balls back to him so we can shoot off, you know, like twenty a minute. So he was he was toying with the idea of that. Um, he didn't he didn't end up doing it. Where like we see we built this net system and then the net had like some it was like dyed net where when it would hit against the wall and now he has all these (laughs) all these black marks on his wall from the net hitting it and whatnot um so he he tried finding some setup to do to rapid fire but then after us talking about that i was like for me as like someone who's like trash how many free throws do you think i could sink in an hour like and then um so then we ended up you know, he and I bet fifty bucks on on this or you know something like trivial stakes or not. And then just to troll me, he put the video up while I was doing my you know shoot for an hour of free throws. Um, and then people were you know people thought that was you know funny form. I was jumping like a foot over the line and you know, all this <laughs> stuff. And and so basically, then that was yeah. I don't really like people saying oh you can't do something or whatnot. I was just like hey, you know I'm bad at this, but I'll bet that I can do it. Um, and yeah, the terms were you know I can. I need to declare um, my set, you know. So I need to say, okay, I'm restarting. I'm restarting, and then I need just, you know, by the end of the year, have 90 out of 100. Um, a lot of people didn't like our home setup. Like it's a it's a regulation setup, but just the nature of the rim is or sorry, the backboard is a little smaller than a, an NBA backboard, but like that doesn't matter. You mm-hmm. don't actually hit the backboard. Um, the, it's like a regulation rim regulation distance etc but something about the way the backboard is installed like I think the fact that it's drilled into wood studs I think that that I think that just makes there be a little bit more give on the right. rim than there should be you know I, I think that, maybe means three out of a hundred shots go in that shouldn't have gone in or whatnot. But uh, a lot of people kind of see a lucky bounce there. Oh, that rim is rigged or whatnot. So I'm like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it at a proper rim, which I didn't realize would cause so much uh, drama there. Um, (laughs) and then, and then I basically, um, yeah, then there, I mean, then everyone's like, "Oh, well, this is easy if you don't get your own rebounds." So, okay, like I'll get my own rebounds. So, oh, this is this is easy if you're allowed a lane violation. Okay, I'm not allowed a lane violation, so it's just like you know, just went through. I'm not allowed any sort of tool that rebounds things for me. I'm not allowed multiple balls. You know, there was it just went through. Like I would guess there's probably sixty different terms that I kind of ag- agreed to. Like everyone would be like, "Well, what if you?" do this, you know, what if you, you know, and, and so it was just kind of constantly saying, no, I can't do that. No, I can't do that. No, I can't do that. Where, you know, everyone, I think, well, I, I think a lot of people, their approach was like how, how does a bad shooter win this bet? And my approach was just kind of like, how do I become a good shooter? Like I just don't really, I don't want to win by, uh, because I found some weird way of not getting my own rebounds. I don't want to win because I found, mm-hmm. you know, a nice deflated ball or, you know, anything like I just I just want to, you know, just get my shooting percent from from 50 to 55 to six 60. Like you know, that was, that was what this was about for me, just kind of uh, sort of uh, improving at a skill, I guess. And then, yeah, so just kind of anytime someone would ask about something, I'd be like, okay, you know, I can't do that. No, I can't do that. You know, anything that, mm-hmm. anything that could kind of possibly help me out I was like, I can't do that kind of thing. the point is to go, you know, make a hundred.
2: But so you could, it was a stipulation that you could take a 30 minute break in between.
1: Yes. I, a bunch of people asked about breaks and like, I had no interest in taking breaks. Mm -hmm. And so like adding, adding a condition that I think just only hurts me, you know, it's just like, I don't want something where like, I get so nervous I need to go to the washroom and now because I went to the washroom, I lose the bet or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I, I, there was, you know, I didn't think there was any, I didn't like throughout you know, throughout the hundreds of messages I've gotten, I don't think there was anyone who said like, you know, break, you know, a break is um, a big advantage or, you know, it only, it only happened after I was forced to take that break. Like I definitely, if you, a bunch of, you know, random, you know, college basketball players have sort of responded to this and said, like you would never take a break when you're in a good rhythm kind of thing. It's just, you know, the first couple shots back, I think I missed two out of five shots back, where it's just you're so cold. Like everyone everyone always equates this to NBA free throw shooting where they're like, wow, Mike can hit 90%. Why can't why can't Shaq or why can't this random player? If I were to go shoot if I were to go shoot like, even without screaming fans and without elevated heart rate, if I were to go shoot one free throw right now, I'm probably sixty or sixty five percent. Where it's just like when you come in cold, like you just you just don't kind of have that flow. I suppose mm-hmm. it takes me, it usually takes me 30 or 40 shots to warm up. Sometimes it, you know, I've had times where my first 60 or 80 shots are just not good. So it's just like, um, getting, yeah. So I, I, with, with breaks, I just kind of, I just didn't see a spot where I would want a break, but I also didn't see, like, I didn't want to add that where I just like, there's always something that there's always just something that can happen. Like, I mean, the, yeah. My palm my palms get sweaty. Okay. I need to go I need to go and like uh dry off my hands because they're too sweaty. Okay, that's like that that doesn't seem to, you know, hurt it. So I, I just kinda of figured like I'll I'll kind of eliminate all the things that I see as being advantageous. And then this was just one I felt like it just felt like a, a weird technicality that can like fuck me over kind of thing. So I just looked whenever I said, Hey, breaks, breaks are allowed, but I don't plan on losing breaks. Kind of thing,
0: you know? Yeah. It could be like in the NFL, they make so much out of icing the kicker. And then over time, a bunch of stats were compiled where it had oh. almost no effect at all. So oh really? Like, oh shit. icing the kicker getting in his head. And it's like, okay, he's probably about 95% to make the extra, whatever, whatever the <laughs> percentages, it was similar over time for each, uh, each kicker. So uh reading all the stuff after you did it with the break i just got the feeling people were kind of being sore losers or like trying to make a lot out of nothing uh it was weird coming from shulman because i love him i think he's like one of the funniest like just coolest people in poker that we have coming from him i was like what this is so weird uh that he would make such a big deal of it, especially because you completed the challenge so early that you had so much time. Like if they if they make you go drive two hours to gym again, you're just going to do it again. And then you did actually prove it, and then he did actually retract and just say, "Man, sorry, I'm losing my mind." Like his apology video was pretty cool, and I was like, kind of expecting Let's
2: just it to come talk, out because like, what 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 happened though? Like so he did the the chat he got 90 out of 100 out of 100 but he took a 30 minute break in between because he got kicked out of his court mm-hmm. so nick Shelman and some other people are saying like that that doesn't make it valid and and all that stuff just so people know um
3: hey what's up guys i'm here to concede the mike mcdonald free throw bet i just can't take it anymore um i'm feeling this heat like like i'm being scummy or something like so uh so yeah, we uh, the first bet I made for fifteen thousand. Take it, Mike. I mean, I guess you can just go take a night off in between the uh, in between the hundred. You know, I guess that's just a normal thing. I mean, I've uh, I've been down to the gym plenty of times. We've shot twenty free throws, fifty, a hundred. You know, you just shoot him. I mean, if you make a free throw bet, you just you you just go shoot the number. And he's getting his own boards too. So now we get to just. I don't know, you get a little dizzy walking back. I just never even considered there's a night off. And I woke up and saw what he wrote, and I was just tilted. You're right. I am a sore loser. You're right. I was just fucking with him to begin with on the bet because his form looked so horrendous, and I just couldn't take it. I just felt like fucking with him. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, lesson learned. We made another bet, though, for 1,000 at 20-to-1. 1. I would like that one to stand, Mike. Uh, so, you know, take your time on that. And I don't know what this is. He has to drive three hours to get to the gym every day. I mean, okay, you know, I'm sorry about that. You're a real hero. It's a, the pandemic's going on, but there's no hoop closer to the house than three hours away. Maybe there isn't, okay. But, um, yeah, I just can't take it anymore. I, uh, he's fucking with me now. You know, just take it mike i I mean, I guess you win. we got the sixty in, and then the gym then then the time on the court was up, okay, and um, we came back the next day, and i guess we i guess we finished the hundred out I mean, maybe I'm wrong, you know uh but that's it i I concede uh you win, I lose, and um. And that's it. Yeah. So it's, it's,
2: it's, it's, it's,
1: what, what,
3: what, the one thing I would also want to add and sorry, you know, I'm a,
1: I'm a little biased in this situation. I was getting a, you know, a 90 or near 90 about once an hour that I was mm-hmm. shooting. You know, if I, yeah. if I shot five hours on stream, I had four 88s or better. As and maybe one or two streaks where I was on pace for an 88 or better, but you know, you miss 11, you're whatever 82 for 93. There's no sense shooting the last seven shots. So it was, it was like I could, I could understand a little bit of a case if I had say never made above 82, but it's, it's fucking August, and every hour I shoot on stream, I'm getting, you know, I'm basically getting 90 kind of thing. It, it just see, it just seemed to me like, you know, it, it just seemed so you know, if there's, if, 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 this happened. Happened on, yeah, if this happened on December 31st and my next best score I had ever had was 75 or whatnot, like if you take it, you know, an edge case, an extreme example, yeah. I still think I should win the bet. Probably it's maybe a little unclear. And then if you, if you throw in the fact that I'm, I have four months left and I'm literally, you know, once per hour of shooting and you only get, you know, 230 shots in an hour so like mm-hmm. half of it is just, half those shots are eaten up in your one attempt like the, the fact that I'm uh yeah the fact that it was coming with such a high degree of regularity and and people were you know using this I'm just I I, I it just it, it was just such a head scratch you know I don't It just like for yeah. me as soon as I got 90 about like, okay this is done I'm glad it's not another 89 kind of thing I don't know mm-hmm. anyway that's uh, sorry for the sorry for the interruption I just want you yeah, no. people to know that it's not as if my 90 was a fluke yeah.
2: Or anything. And you know, he, he had to the end of 2020 I'm not sure if we said that, but
1: right. it was, like,
2: so obvious that it was like, not tough enough for you. Like you could have done probably, honestly, like, whatever, 490 <laughs> out of 500 or something, but
1: That might be a bit much. Thank you. That's the, that I, the, I probably I don't know if I could do that in my life. But I, I thank that confidence that, uh, yeah, that, cool. that would be incredible.
2: I'm just saying like you know if you had to the end of the year and you've gotten this far this quickly which is probably quicker than you expected it's safe to say if you put in the map this amount of practice consistently throughout like you could probably double or triple your results at least I would say yeah I think
1: yeah I think there is there's definitely room for that and there's also room where if the if the goalpost was further I would have you know worked harder like I've had you know, if this, if this went on for five months, I had, you know, I had a four week break and I had two weeks of kind of half-assing it or whatnot. And like, I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have done that. And instead of shooting an hour and a half, two hours a day, like I have been, I'd probably shoot, you know, three and a half hours a day if like, I didn't think I was basically a walk kind of thing. So it's, yeah, there's definitely, um, yeah, they're, they're, you're you're very right that like yeah if if I had to do something that was three times as tough like it it, it may have been doable.
0: Yeah, Sorry. we're. Do you think they were thinking? So I don't know enough about free throw. I've never tried to do anything like this, but do you think they were thinking it's a streaky kind of thing? Like if it that you're shooting around ninety out of a hundred multiple times, but maybe it's like golf and you just go cold and like your form changes. Something happens; it gets in your head. Were they counting on that? That maybe if you had to continue, that it wouldn't. That maybe this is your good streak, and that for a month you'd have trouble hitting eighty. Is it like that?
1: Uh, I mean, I—that's a question for other people, not for me. You know, for <laughs> for me, I—I I just kind of couldn't. Like, part of like why this was so annoying for me is I just. But like I, I, would try. I try to put myself in in Nick's shoes. I would try, you know. I, I think Nick was the only guy who was active in hating it. Like I know, you know, Will Jaffe made like one small comment, which you know he kind of retracted or whatnot. Um, where, but I think Nick was the only one who kind of like aggressively went uh, went against it. And I think it was like I, I, I just you know, yeah. As as you mentioned, he's someone who I think is normally. Uh, Norma has, you know, good, good opinions on things and whatnot. And I was just like, I was just trying to put myself in his shoes and just trying to think of, like, like what I mean, you know, the, the simplest answer is just that he's hasn't been watching the stream and he has, he, he doesn't know that I've had, you know, so many 89s and 88s and, you know, 96 on my home rim and, you know, stuff like that. Like, it, it yeah. could be just one of those things where he's, he's not really thinking about plausible outcomes. He's just trying to think about, um, about optimal outcomes or something like that. Um I, I, I don't really know. Like I think any any Nick or any of Nick's friends, like there's there's a lot of people that'd be better poised to answer that question than me. Um, i j I'm probably more confused than you are, I guess.
0: Okay. Do you accept, like, I thought his apology was hilarious. Like the two minute video totally made up for like, my initial reaction was just like, wow, this doesn't sound like Nick, the first one. And then his apology was just so funny. And he just is so hard on himself. He's just like, I'm an asshole whatever. Did you accept it completely? And like, what did you think of the whole video?
3: Hey guys, I'm here to apologize to Timex publicly. I know, now I can't take it the other way. I've just had people hitting me up coming in. Oh man, you know, I got your back, Nick fucking Timex scummed you, this, that, and you know, and it's like, Timex didn't scum you, man, um, I'm just a moron, is what it is, your boy is a moron, and, uh, over this last week or so of him posting up videos looking like Ray Allen, <laughs> like, I was getting needled about it, I just couldn't take it. And uh, I started vilifying Timex, and my, my Timex became public enemy number one to me. I'm really only half kidding. I mean, I'm crazy. Then I woke up and, and read the thing about the restart, and I just went blind. You know, I don't even remember that day. I just, I just lost my mind and started attacking Timex like, like. You know, it was a wrap. I mean, it's August, it's a wrap. We, we get it. Um, and I'm a sore loser, you know? And I'm tired of losing these bets. I'm just, I'm a bad prop better. I mean, it is what it is. You know, now I'm betting Timex, he's not gonna do something he says he's gonna do. It's just crazy. But, uh, but yeah, I had to clear the air on that I know he was a little frustrated. I said he took a night off. It was 30 minutes. He got kicked off the court. I mean, you know, Timex has the sweetest stroke I've ever seen at the line. I mean, he did it. He did do it, you know? I don't know if that first video was a hustle or not, but I don't think it was. So take it Timex, I'm sorry, buddy. And um, and that's all I had to say about it. I had to say that. I mean, I guess I'll say I, I,
1: I I accept it, but like, completely is a strong word. Like, you can't you can't undo things that are done, and it's just like this this you know the they kind of the video he was putting out, you know, spreading kind of disinformation about what happened, you know, undermining you know what I've what i put into this. It's just like you you can't undo that, I guess. Like, it's just like you know, I'm 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 glad you did this. It, it, it felt it felt very good. I feel like it's it's closure on what happened, but it's definitely hey you know my. My perspective of Nick now versus Nick a week ago is different. I mean, it is what it is, but I think it's it's my perspective now is a lot much better than my perspective of the day ago. I'll, I'll give him that. Mm-hmm.
2: going to say, like I just feel like when you're a gambler or in any form, like your reputation and your like being like having like not being a scumbag is such a big deal because. And when there's any kind of doubt that's put out in the universe in our community, it's so bad. And not that he was saying you're scumbag, but like any implication that you would have done things shadily like is so bad that, um, you know, you really have to be sure. And that's why it's kind of, to me, it's kind of like,
1: yes, especially, especially when, you know, when I'm involved with a platform that holds player balances, that grades bets that, you know, they're, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's, it's much, it's much different kind of on, you know, on the business end of things versus, as you know back when i was a poker player you know if i if something like that happened back when i'm a poker player okay maybe someone doesn't want to buy my action or you know something like that whereas now it's like hey maybe people don't trust my business kind of thing and so so it's so it's just like uh yeah i mean i think that was uh yeah that was quite a bit and i I think it's you know I, i had a couple posts about this i think it's um I personally, like okay if you, like you know Nick's one Nick's probably one of the you know more likable people in poker. I'm probably one of the more unlikable people in poker. But I think it's I'm I think really it's kind. Of, I, I, yeah, but, I think, uh, but I but I think it's I think it's kind of like I, I, if, if, if people were take one thing out of watching this video, I think it's I think it's important that like when you're when you're looking at any sort of dispute to to like look at the facts at hand. Like I I, I yeah. see I see a lot of this when I see you know, when I see people attacking Trump or whatnot, when people are attacking Trump, probably like 40% of the time he did the right thing. or whatnot. And it's just like, and I'm just over, I'm over here being like, wait, this is like one of the, the best, the only good thing he's done in the last month and everyone's, you know, piling on And I'm just like, wait, do people like not focus on the facts at all? And I, I feel like, I feel like this was one of those, I feel like this was one of those things here where I don't think a lot of people were even looking at what happened. They were just looking at the fact that they like Nick's commentary. And and it's just like it's just kind of I don't know I, I just think that's so um, in a kind of especially in a, in a field that's so driven by objectivity I, I was I was just kind of uh, yeah I just think if if people can, if people can learn something from this it's just you know when it, when a dispute happens you should kind of have your own opinion on the dispute you shouldn't have a an opinion that was decided before you even know what the dispute was and, that, that's and- my take on it.
0: Don't assume the worst about people. I had a I had a very not publicized little prop bet. I bet Lily Coletto in a mile race and it was for five thousand dollars and we raced and she ended up um, she was behind by a lot. And she just quit in the middle of it. And I didn't post the video. I was planning to post a video if people wanted to see the video. But I, I thought that was kind of shitty sportsmanship to post a video being like got her and like taking a victory lap basically. So I yeah, didn't yeah. post a video. I had multiple accusations that I had placed huge side bets with people and that the race didn't even happen. And I was trying to steal from people. And I'm like, no, I actually just did something I thought was kind of nice, which is not gloat over this thing. Because she was super classy and she paid me the money. I was like, ah, you hustled me. Fuck you. Whatever. So I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm not going to gloat. Um, and multiple people just assumed like the absolute worst and just attacked me. And I had DMs being like, God, I knew you were a scumbag. And I'm like, why, why, (laughs) like, why do you think I'm a scumbag? If I was a scumbag, I'd be so much richer than I am right now. (laughs) Like I'm smart enough to scam. Um, it was very frustrating to have like, uh, just some random public opinion that I had to respond to. And I'm like, where did this even come from? I, I feel like it has to be a thousand times more frustrating when your, yours was so public and you just have people who have nothing to do with anything with no money on the line, assuming you're doing something shady to try to win. Like, how does that feel? Cause you're kind of not somebody who you don't put yourself out there that often in a situation like this.
1: Uh, so the one thing I will add to your bet, like you said, mine would be a thousand times worse. I, I can, I can just say, having been around poker my whole adult life, like women in poker get treated so badly in, in any public endeavor where it's just like, you know, if, if I did that $5,000 bet, I probably would have gotten less hate than you did. There's just, there's something, there's something weird. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, you know, it's, it almost seems like the things where the things where your gender should matter the least are the things where, you know, women in poker seem to get attacked the most. So I think, I think there's probably something to be said where, you know, you might be overestimating how how bad (laughs) it was because you're thinking, wow, if I was in that circumstance, this is the hate I would get or whatnot, where I got, don't get me wrong. I got a lot of hate. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it it was, it's, it's, it sucks seeing, it sucks seeing these kind of, um, you know, attacks or whatnot. I mean, I didn't have too many, uh, like I didn't have too many attacks from kind of like, um, you know, sort of real, real people in poker. Like I had I had to block a couple of guys that were people that I had follow, followed in the past, kind of, you know, just spreading disinformation and just being too tilted by it or whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, in general, it's just like throughout this whole process, you know, it's sports, sports people as well. you know, it's, it's, it kind of gave me some more respect for just the average poker player when people talk about who played a poker hand, how, et cetera, you see some pretty dumb opinions but when people talk anything sports related, and I'm pretty removed from sports in general, people have the worst opinion. So as soon as as soon as Barstool Sports wrote, wrote an article on me back in April, like five days after the bet started, I was like, Oh, this is a new wave of dumb opinions. You know, it was just like, a, it was it was an early, it was an early kind of glimpse into what I'm getting myself into kind of thing. So I've, I've had kind of you know five months of preparation where it's like oh man anytime anytime barstool comments on this I'm gonna get I'm gonna get some people out of the woodwork with some interesting opinions so it was like yeah so I mean in this in this spot it's definitely like uh
4: you know there's there's been a lot of
1: people coming out with a lot of negativity um but it, it was um you know I guess like it's as, as, as soon as um like as soon as Nick kind of went out, you know, claiming I took a day off and things like that, it was—I I would guess that the amount of people kind of coming to attack me was made probably less than I would have guessed, given that like it was—it wasn't really anything prior to that video, um, and then after that video, it was—you know—he has—he has a big following, he has a loyal following. Like I kind of would have—you know—if I had—I don't know—seventy people call me a scumbag, I might have thought I'd see four hundred or you know—I don't know what the—I don't know what the numbers are or whatnot, but it was—I think it was—I think it was. I think it was it may be a little uh, less than I anticipated, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess that's a, a silver, li- a weird silver lining, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that would have been... Uh, Ra- oh,
0: sorry, I have a random question. Uh, sure. So when, when you got kicked off the court, when they said, hey, we reserve this court, whatever, did mm-hmm. you consider just paying them off to let you have 15 more minutes? Like the dudes, I, I'm just thinking, if I showed up to play pickup basketball and there's some guy like videoing and whatever, and you look like you're really into it, if you were like, "Hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks to just wait," uh, like to normal people who aren't gen gamblers, mm-hmm. that would be awesome. Did you think? Yeah.
1: That? Okay, so this this was <laughs> this was a bit. So the way it happened, I so I, I don't think I've talked I don't think I've talked about how it happened yet. If we, we let me see if I can, um, yeah. If, do you want me to find the video to pull up so I can give like what exactly occurred off camera during timestamps? of sure. this? Would that be okay? Let me. See.
0: We can edit too. So, like, if it takes you a minute, we'll just edit out the the minute it took
4: or whatever. We interrupt this podcast with an important message from our sponsors at run It once here at run It once poker. We're delighted to announce that we are officially out of beta to celebrate. We're hosting 101% week every day. This week, we're bringing you a new promotion through which we'll give back 101% of the total rake. We collect. Plus, we're rolling out the welcome mat to all first-time depositors with an insane 101% welcome offer. Players that make their first deposit during 101% week will receive a 101% cash bonus on all Legends rewards for their first four weeks. And that's not all these first-timers will also receive up to $100 worth of Run-At-Once training content. This exclusive offer is on top of our already juicy 100% welcome bonus in which we match 100% of your deposits up to €600 for your first 30 days. If you're not already playing on Run-At-Once poker, now is the time. For full details on 101% Week, head on over to run slash 101%. That's run slash 101 P-E-R-C-E-N-T. And now back to the pod.
1: So here's, okay, so a few seconds in, you can see me get kind of caught off guard. Sorry, uh, people are start. People are starting to show up for this court. Um, they've got it starting in a minute or whatnot. Um, I'm going to take a break now. I'm assuming I'm allowed to just restart in half an hour, but uh, I've got to run because I'm losing the court. In this uh, in this gym, there's about six or eight volleyball courts, kind of behind where the camera is, and then there's a basketball court here on the left and a basketball court on the right. Um, so basically, normally what happens is people funnel down this kind of like channel and they do they, they do their kind of warm up and stuff between the two basketball courts kind of in front of in front of me to the right or whatnot so I can see people are starting to show up on the other court you know they're getting changed you know dribbling the balls etc and so I'm just like around shot 30 I start thinking okay maybe people are going to start showing up soon you know it's just kind of mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, hey, you know, might need to end the sunshot shot 35. By shot 35, I'm like, oh, I don't see anyone there. Shot 40, shot 40, like, and and so I don't see, I don't see anybody there or whatnot. And then and then just out of my corner of my eye, I see a ball, and I just see this like little kid, probably about four or five years old, dribbling ball. And then I see a bunch of guys probably, you know, average age, my age, a little older whatnot. probably see 12 guys all sort of on the baseline, like Mm -hmm. kind of ready to get on the court. Like, it's not as if one guy showed up Mm -hmm. doing the warm up and I can be like, hey, weird thing, like any shot I could, you know, if I'm shooting well, take the court an extra six, seven minutes or whatnot. It was like all 12 people Mm -hmm. were already dressed, ready (laughs) to go. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, it's probably, for for all you know, they could even be like, hey, rather than you know that this guy who's clearly in the zone with his. You, you could see the fucking streaming setup on the court. It probably looks kind of funny and whatnot. Rather than get in his head, just be like, "Hey, you know, you know, to get the sun to go." Like it's it could be the sun even getting in my peripheral was like a tactical thing that like, hey, Mind go reminding him. Let's get the kid do it so we don't look, conf- you know, confrontational or whatnot. So I saw that and I I give the look over my shoulder and I'm just like, you know, I, I didn't I didn't have like two minutes to like think about it and mm-hmm. and process and be like, yeah, maybe I could pay these guys. I never carried cash as well. Am I going like, to like mm-hmm. offer yeah. them an e-transfer or, you know, <laughs> ask if they have like a credit card machine or anything
0: like It'd it. be great. Maybe. Ask the little five-year-old like, do you accept Bitcoin? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, you believe in centralized systems? Well, what about when there's a
0: revolution
1: You know, it's just, you know, so it's, yeah, it could be, it could be a chance to, you know, uh, make a few uh, Bitcoin maximalists out of their group. Uh, But yeah, so it was just, I mean, there probably was something to be done there, but like would have felt like a douche, felt like I'm getting a hundred anyway, you know, was, was, you know, knew that, uh, or it shouldn't say knew that, but was like 95% sure that all prior content had said, you know, breaks are allowed and whatnot. And you know, and it's it's also just yeah, just you just feel like a dick taking someone else's court. Like as soon as it, I started that set, and I'm like, hey, like I, I talked to the owner of the gym. He mentions that I have this court till eight thirty, and I can get on the next the other court at nine. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm gonna start shooting, see if I can get a run together, but might need to. So I just I just figured rather than it's also be like after having choked a few times, being fifty six out of sixty one. I still only think I'm maybe 20% to get it kind of thing. Like, so mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like I was 65 for 67 or, you know, something where I'm like, I'm only sort of one shot ahead of pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, it, it just feel it feels like I'm just going to get another 89 kind of thing. So uh, that would, that kind of played into it as well. If I was on shot 80 or shot 85, I'd probably been like, Hey guys, I- I got to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Anyway, um, that was kind of that was kind of what happened there. But it was just, uh, yeah, it was a, a little bit of a, a bit of a lame situation. Um, kind of my own fault for not just booking a bigger block of, of court usage. I guess um, they're pretty, yeah, they're pretty busy there, and they never like answer the phone or respond to email or something. So I just kind of like feel like I need to just like drive in and go tell them in person, like, hey, like I want the court as long as I can get it, kind of thing.
3: But mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So, so you ended up taking your 30-minute break. Um, you got on the other court, and then you started the streaming. You said, I'm resuming that try, and then finished it. And then mm-hmm. did you feel – like, you felt 100% you'd finished it, and you did, like, hey, guys, that was awesome, won the prop bet. Was it not until you got home that you heard some backlash, or what was your feeling? No, no. Like? So,
1: so, I mean, it was like – it's it's like, as I was setting up, I was just like – like, I, I didn't want there to – like, the whole purpose of me saying – can't have a rebound or can't do this is because I didn't want there to be an asterisk. Like if we, mm-hmm. if we pull up the video of me finishing it off, like before I even shoot my 39, I'm like, Hey guys, I'm going to go shoot my 39s. If it's going on, like if I get a hundred, I'll probably, or if I get 90 out of a hundred, I'll probably need to redo it again. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, it was one of those things where it's like, I, I like if everyone, you know, um, if everyone reached out and said, you got it, that's good. Like, okay. We can move on um I mean that would be ideal like you know I think Charlie Hook and a couple of the sort of smaller better betters kind of reached out like man you crushed it that's awesome mm-hmm. you know give me an address or PayPal I'll send to you like, there's a couple of people who really kind of took the initiative to say I won and like, I mm-hmm. uh before I even um before I even was trying to claim that I won and then you know I, I put out some tweets and I basically said hey I'm willing to offer people a buyout for 96 cents on the dollar where it's like there we have an agreement like with you know and then mm-hmm. um and then you know Charlie was like and he, it's not like he's like my you know close buddy. and we don't know each other that well he was like you know fuck that man like he, I'm paying you a dollar on the dollar like me giving you 96 cents is like me claiming that you didn't win you like you won you went from a non-basketball player to 90 out of 100 mm-hmm. I played in college a lot of my friends can't shoot 90 like you did it man like I I'd feel better paying you in full like getting that perspective was was somewhat nice. I was still obviously offering 96 cents to everyone else. And then as soon as Nick said, no, I'd rather, you know, run it. was like, okay, we'll go go run it. Cause you need everyone, you know, you need everyone to agree. You can't do like five guys buy out, five guys don't buy out or something like that. Um, So yeah. Then that was like, you know, I was like, I think like, it wasn't as if I made my hundred and I'm like, okay, like it's, it's done. I mean, my brain had kind of checked out to be like, well, like, you know, this should be the exciting part. It's, it's kind of anticlimactic, just knowing that, you know, it's, you know, they they could have an asterisk decided or whatnot, but mm-hmm. yeah. So I wasn't like, I knew uh, before I had even got, like as soon as I was getting kicked off the court, I knew like, okay, this is, this is going to be more unclear and yeah, you don't really mm-hmm. want to win off some, you know, weird term and condition or whatnot. Um, but yeah.
2: So you redid it one more time and <laughs> for the fans at home. So just to, just to be sure.
1: Yeah. Getting it first day was nice. Like I was, I was telling Aaron kind of going into the last week that I think, I think each day I go to the gym, I'm about 40% to hit it, you know, so maybe on average it should take me three days to get it or whatnot. Um, but man, it feels so much better to get it, you know, day one rather than day five or something like that, where it was just, you know, it was just, um, yeah, I mean, it, it felt, you know, it definitely like getting it back to back days. Like, I don't think I'm uh, good enough that I deserve to get 90 back to back days or anything like that, but it, it definitely, um, it, it felt good. I felt pretty good being like, just being able to be like, all right, it's been like 24 hours. Like I want again. you know, that's so much better than being like, all right, it's been a week and a half. I want to get, you know, it's not, you know, it's at least like every day that passes is another day that, you know, people who said I didn't do it get to kind of pat themselves in the back. Like, Look, mm-hmm. It is tough. You know, he isn't guaranteed to get an a ninety. And Like when I go and kind of luck box another 90, it's like, all right, you know, I understand it's luck. I understand, you know, most days I probably wouldn't get a 90 or whatnot, but it's just, uh, yeah, it felt pretty good.
0: Do you think, uh, did mental toughness in any way come in? Was there any kind of, like after you were called into question, did you feel any sort of like extra pressure, uh, to be able to replicate your results or did that not really enter your mind? That's a
1: good question. Let me, let me try to think, uh, let me try to think about what I was thinking. Like I was like, I I have no idea if it would be more or less mental pressure where it was just like, you know, rather, rather like rather than feeling nerves, (laughs) I was just feeling anger kind of thing. (laughs) So it's like, you know, it's, it's definitely, um, like I think that you know, yeah, like it's it's like anger is anger is a weird emotion, I suppose, where it's sort of you know, I think in, in most situations, I think it's you know, it's destructive, or probably a vast majority of situations destructive. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I, I feel like there are times when it's uh, it's it's good and it's encouraging, and you know, this like if you take, I mean, an extreme example, if you take like a, a boxer or any of the fighting sports, like I don't think you, I don't think you can excel in those uh sports without like really wanting to beat your opponent, without being angry at them, without thinking about every little thing that they've said and use that as fuel to to excel or whatnot. And I think that, you know, coming from this, can I get turn an 88 into 89? Can I turn an 89 into 90? I feel like that's sort of coming from a position of weakness, I suppose, and coming from the like, fuck do you I want to do it today? You're mm-hmm. coming from more of a position of strength, I suppose. Um, and I I think that I think being I think being somewhat angry about it helps more than it hurt. Like I'm sure in cert- I'm sure there are certain things where it's like, as soon as I miss a shot, being angry, I'm probably more likely to miss the second shot or whatnot. But as soon as I'm hot, I feel like I'm. I'm it's easier to get dialed in if that makes sense. So there's pro- pros and cons depending on different circumstances. But I think I think just kind of yeah, being uh, frustrated with the situation. I, I think it likely. I think it likely hurt. It also it also or sorry, it likely helped. Sorry, um, misquote there um but yeah so that and then and then also it's just like even just motivation like let's just say I was like let's say it was on my own um choice like I was just like hey guys I think this is a 90 out of 100 but just like as you know as a favorite of betters I'm gonna go get another uh, 100 you know go go and kind of at my own pace and film it like I think I would have been much more kind of like about. About trying to get it, like, don't really care if I get it this week or next week. But like, when it when it's you know kind of being told you can't, being told you failed or whatnot, then it's like, like I you know uh, Steve Chidwick and his wife were like asking if I wanted to play kind of like some Chinese poker. Then I'm like, look, I I, I don't give a fuck about Chinese poker. Like, I'll we'll we'll play some we'll play some games once once (laughs) this thing is done. But like, I have I have I have I have something I've got to go do, and like I uh, I'll, I'll you know I'm down I'm down I'm down to hang out like once once this is done, but like, uh, I'm on a mission. (laughs) So so it's like, yeah, it was definitely a different, a different mentality there, I suppose.
0: Marley and I have talked about this before, uh, not on the pod, but how we're very motivated by spitefulness sometimes. Like it, it is a thing that like taps in the hardest for me to be able to focus. If someone's like, oh, she sucks at this thing. And like, yeah, she's never going to be good. The first thing I want to do is like study whatever it is. They, they could be oh. right. And I could just be wasting my time. Right. Cause some, some haters are just right. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a basketball player. <laughs> like they're probably right about that. Um, but it's so weird. It's like the quickest Avenue to my motivation is when someone is just hateful and like, I feel that state and I get so much energy from it. And like Marley and I have talked about this because she was in modeling and stuff and you kind of have to be like competitive with people. Do you remember that conversation where I was like, man, we are like kind of hateful. Well,
2: (laughs) I I've talked about this like openly on different, whatever platforms, but like, and I like every time I've gotten good at something, it's because I like zoom in like unhealthily on like a person or a group of people who I just, for whatever reason. And like, it's thought that I like hate them or want them to do bad. Just like they're like, they just tilt me so much. And I just like, want to end them so much. Not end them, but like, I just, I just like, I don't know, I just like, I just like really zoom in. And I just get so like, irrationally angry about it. And it, like eats me up. And that's like how I've done anything. Like, that's why I became an actor. Cause it's just one girl I like wanted to crush and, and whatever and, and, it's kind of like I feel like sometimes when I talk about it, people take it as like, "Oh, you hate me," or, or whatever. Or like you, it's it's not that I want you to do bad. I just like
1: I, I just feel for yourself <laughs> just, to do you, well.
2: You, you me yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's not
1: no a hundred percent. It's definitely yeah. like uh, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's very uh, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's like it sucks to be told you can't uh, do something, uh-huh. but it's like but it's it's the best motivator you know, with with this bet, it was like, let's say, let's say the bet instead was like, if I could dump a basketball or whatnot, like, you know, I'm, I've always been, a have always been a good jumper. It's always been something that's been kind of like, you know, one of my skills when I was like an athlete as a kid or whatnot. It's just like, because it's something that I think I'm good at, like, I wouldn't have been that motivated during the, like, you know, dunk a basketball challenge because I just like, I just know I'll be able to do it, but like, I'm a bad shooter, never played basketball. My dad, when he played basketball in college, his nickname was don't shoot, um, <laughs> his, you know, his, you know, pass the ball, don't shoot, you know, and, and he was very, you know, it's definitely just the fact that I knew I was bad. People were making fun of my form on social media. I feel like the, the, the free throw bet is something that kind of came easier to me than something that I would have been better at because deep down, like I knew, the shit people saying it's right. So, so it's like, you know, it's very, you really, you know, it was, it was was big motivation. Like each time, you know, each time I hit a new streak, you know, the first time I hit 10 in a row, the first time I hit, you know, uh, 27 out of 30, you know, all the, all these things, it was just like, you know, I've been keeping Aaron updated on my progress. I'm just like 15 in a row. You know, it's like every time you do something new, it's just like, you know, you're motivated because you know how much you suck kind of thing. And yeah. you know what people have said, you can't do it. You know, all the people said, oh, he'll, he'll never hit 80 out of 100. This thing is the easiest bet ever. You know, all that, all that shit. It was just, it was, yeah, it's just like, it's, you know, dialing in on someone who said you can't do something. It's like, whether, whether healthy or not, it's very productive. Yeah.
2: But <laughs> the, the problem, the only thing for me is that, like, once I go to therapy and I realize like, that I'm out to lunch, I need to stop doing that. I lose all motivation for <laughs> anything. So I'm yeah. just like complete. I just like completely give up. And I'm just like, Oh yeah. Like
0: I wouldn't really want, crazy. I wouldn't want a therapist to fix that part. I really enjoy I that part. Like I want to be a nice person in most parts of my life, but when someone is trying to undermine you and just say that you're bad at something like why would I I don't want to feel good about that like I want to spend 10 hours like I'm very clearly talking about Negron (laughs) you (laughs) now so I'll just say it it has been like it was it's uncomfortable to have someone very famous and very good at the game you're trying to get good at um think you're bad at something that part sucks it's not like it doesn't invoke a bunch of good emotions in me but there's no like people aren't just good or bad at poker or good or bad at commentary. And it's, it's this indefinite thing. Like I'm not, Oh, if I'm bad, I'm bad forever. It's a thing you could get good at. Like you can study and get good. So people talk about players as good or bad as if it's going to be like that forever. Mm -hmm. It's not. Um, I have actually enjoyed studying poker and i never had at all. (laughs) So I'm bored and sitting at home. I, I didn't have a free throw bet. So I've just been studying and I'm like, oh, this game is a lot cooler than it was when I wasn't studying. Um, yeah. I don't want that to go away. I wouldn't want to go to a therapist and be like, here, tell me how to feel better about this person hating me. I don't want that. Yeah. Like, I,
1: it's you know a what? good feeling. Yeah, that, that's why. That,
0: like, they're, they're kind of like living rent free though
2: at a certain point. It's like, you need to harness it when you're performing, but then you can't mm-hmm. be lying in bed at night or like hanging out with your friends and being like that fucking bitch. You're like, yeah. fucking crazy. <laughs> like, and you're, you're just, it's eating at you, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's so hard. It's so hard to to be like I think like the best competitors, like they have that and they never lose that, but they just have hacks where they kinda of turn it on and off, maybe. Or they I don't know. I, I'm still working on it, but I that's what I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I've uh yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty similar to your mentality, Jamie. Like with some of with some of my problems, you know, I've told them to my therapist. And when when we go when we go over things, I just kind of like, man, I just want a different therapist. You know, I'm just like, you know, it's like I, I'm definitely I, I I just I I just sort of feel like uh, I don't know I, I I I sort of feel like um yes obviously some of some of my behaviors and mentalities are incredibly self-destructive and unhealthy but like some of those are fucking who i am and who i want like i want to get rid of some of them but some of them I'm like man this is like this is like these are like my my core traits like this is like you know and, and you can't really change something you don't want to change but there have definitely been times when i'm just like i'm talking through a problem um and it's like you know, there might be, you know, they might raise 10 points, and two of those points are great points that you know none of my friends could have come up with. And then the other eight, I'm just like, I'm just like, you wouldn't have made it in poker kind of
0: thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just
1: like, yeah, like I some know. neuroses are good. <laughs> I, I honestly
0: think that it it just depends. It, it depends what your therapist is trying to do for you because I've thought about this a lot. I'm like, there are definitely different life paths that would make me a happier, calmer person than trying to play poker and commentate poker and be around all these crazy poker people. However, I I was always really competitive. I want that to be a part of my life. Yeah, the ups and downs are much bigger than if you had a regular job and, and a more consistent, boring lifestyle. It's so like a ther- any good therapist would try to guide me into like a more healthy path. But also like when you're 90 years old, you're not gonna be like, wow, I'm so glad I just consistently made money and knew boring people and didn't, Anything, Right. So I'm like, uh, yeah, some days are going to be really shitty with the paths that we chose. But I don't know. I, I agree with you. Fire that therapist.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, not-
1: I'm
0: actually not in therapy. I've done it. I've dabbled.
2: And like, I try to like self-therapize myself. And I'm like, Marley, you don't need to do this. But, uh, but yeah, it's like so hard. What was I going to say? Just like on so my mind. Um, Oh, people who like who have clearly done so much therapy though, and so much like self help and like Tony Robbins and stuff. They, they make me so uncomfortable because they're so even keel all the time that I'm just like, "You're like too enlightened right now." I,
1: you know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah, and no, I feel, and I feel like a lot. Of, I don't know. I feel like a lot of. I always think when when someone's like that, I often think it's like an act, and then they are just you, snap yeah. or something. You know
0: we've have seen it happen noticed? the very pe- the people who go to a lot of therapy and are normal do snap we've seen it on youtube um i yeah, i agree with you marley that like i don't feel like the conversation's real i feel like i'm getting i'm talking to the their therapist through them and i'm just like i don't want to like fix it in some like neat put a bow on it kind of way like when you have a big problem i don't know i think it, it is a little scary like different things that people have gone through. I know people who have gone through choice center who I feel like it did have a good effect on them. And then other people were just like, man, <laughs> like, what happened? And then wow. same with therapy where, I don't know, like, I'm sure some therapists help a lot. I'm sure I could use a lot of therapy, but also, I don't know. I'm like fine with having faults that I'm still working on. Like, it's weird when people have their lives like fixed at age 30. You're like, you're, <laughs> I don't understand it. I'm like, I was still doing yeah. a lot of dumb shit at that point. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, I wish they had like like speed dating for therapists or something where you yes. can see where you could sit down and you know talk to each person <laughs> talk to each person for five minutes and yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah and, and then, and then just be, yeah because okay. it, yeah. you know it, it feels like it takes you know it takes an hour it takes two hours before you feel you know that you know kind of comfortable mm-hmm. with the person but like your your one minute or your five minute kind of uh impression of someone you likely have a decent guess you know see15 therapists mm-hmm. and be like okay I think She'd be the one I could learn the most from. Okay, well, if, if things didn't work out with her, okay, maybe he's the one that you know I think would be my second choice. Or I like, I think something like that would be nice because you can read you can read some Google reviews. The Google reviews are always like so impersonal relative to like very personal problems yeah. or not, and it's just you know it feels it feels like an, it feels like an industry where. Um, the difference between being very good and very bad has got to be huge, but you you don't really get to you know all all the all the best therapists you know probably their you know their their customers are just kind of done early on when someone's when you see these reviews like <laughs> I've been seeing them for 17 years you know they're all, like whoa whoa they made a lot of money off you, you know? yeah
2: did so, you just like, become them at some point like <laughs>
0: don't
2: you just finish, you finish what they're gonna say before they say it and you just kind of they're just kind of telling you how they are so at at a certain point you kind of like you got to fly the nest and just (laughs) dude i kind of did oh sorry
0: go ahead
1: i was just gonna say yeah it's going through like every session like they recommend a book or two for you to read okay now you've read the exact books they have to form Mm -hmm. the exact perspectives they have (laughs) and you you kind of like you know merge into one
0: Dude, I kind of, in college, um, I played two sports in college and I had a physical therapist because I would always mess up something because I would overdo it like crazy. But I shopped for a physical therapist because I needed someone who would understand that I was going to make the wrong choices and be a psychotic person, but they had to work with that. Like someone where I'm like, I have a stress fracture in my foot, but this season is only one more month. I needed someone (laughs) who would listen to that and not be like, you're psychotic, sit at home, you cannot go running. I need someone who'd listen to it, knowing that I'm still going to go running, and give me good advice about it. Like, what do I do to make this not be like a forever injury? So you go right. to someone who'd be like, "Stop running! It's the only answer." And I'm like, "Next therapist." <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I mean, you need someone who's an ex athlete themselves, mm-hmm. and likely someone who's young enough that they they remember playing sports at a high level, kind of thing. You can't be someone who, you know, they, you know, back 40 years ago they were, you know, call you know, you need someone who it's fresh in their mind when they wanted mm-hmm. to play through injuries and things. Like that. that's my perspective when you know when it's come to you know i've had a lot of like shoulder injuries i mentioned the ankle injury earlier it's just like whenever stuff like that's happened you know i when i deal with someone who's an athlete themselves it it feels like you can like uh you know they they can relate to you know your your need to get back to the sport or whatnot rather Mm -hmm. than uh yeah (laughs) rather than someone who's just used to helping you know old people who fell down or yeah, you know, they're used, Yeah,
0: exactly. Like someone who's used to helping sane people. You, you have to accept that like someone who's running 70 miles a week is going to run. You, they want to know how to hurt themselves less before the season's over. And like, right. that's how I felt with a the physical therapist. I was like, I'm just going to keep talking until I find one who will like understand that I'm insane. But I don't know if yeah. it works like that for regular therapy. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, listen, I want to stay insane, but just slightly less.
1: right yeah no it's i there's there's probably something like that out there like i would uh i mean maybe they don't have the same you know letters after their last name but (laughs) but but i i would guess there's some sort of uh there's some sort of service like that out there
0: yeah Yeah. um i want to ask you one more thing we usually wrap around in hours but um do you have something else in the works like if someone challenged you to 95 out of 100 would you take it I I mean,
1: I, I just, like, I just don't think someone will kind of thing. You know, it's, it's one, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not interested in, in like turning a hobby into a job or like fast shooting isn't even really a hobby, I guess. Like, it's just like turning a weird task into a job. Like, it's just, it's very much been like, I, I just feel like such a big weight has been lifted from me where it's just, you know, I, uh, you know, a friend of mine wants to go mountain biking. I'm thinking, well, one of the paths to losing his bed is fucking my shoulder. Mountain yep. biking could cause a shoulder injury. You know, I'm just like every every sort of you know, I'm thinking, okay, if I get you know coronavirus, end up on a respirator, okay, that's a path to losing bed or whatnot. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, i it's just like you know, now I now I now yep. I can go there and you know, yeah. let people cough on me and shit like that. You know, it's just it's uh, like I, it's just it's just everything I've been doing the last few months. I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking you know about how um, how, like what tasks can cost me this bet. And, mm-hmm. and it's, I, I don't really, I, I, you know, I, I don't like it. You know, I, I do like, you know, these optimization problems in, in a short timeframes, like how can I get the most I can out of two weeks or something? But you know, this, this kind of, you know, having it kind of dominate your life is, you know, is, is just kind of, I mean, is, yeah, it's just kind of lame. Like, you know, as an example, uh, last time I was back in, on, in Ontario, um, I had two weeks of kind of half ass shooting and then it was maybe another two week recovery process. Like it was effectively a month of, of no progress and, you know, I don't get to see my sister that often. You know, my sister mm-hmm. was back in Ontario visiting and like, I was originally going to go planning to go see her. I see her like twice a year or whatnot. And then I'm just thinking like, Hey, if I go back. You know, I'm hanging out with my sister. We're presumably going to do a lot of drinking and whatnot, and just like, uh, I'm just thinking, okay, I probably won't be shooting many free throws. Okay, I'll probably then stagnate again. I'm like, man, I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose a month of this bet if I go back and see my sister, kind of thing. And it's just mm-hmm. like, well, now I'm, I'm fucking avoiding family for money, and it's just, I don't know. It's just like you feel kind of crappy, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. I know it's, it's uh, uh, you know, I know it's like a path, you know, I know it's like a path to. Failure is is emphasizing, you know, friends and family and so and it's just like and it's just like it's it's just a very um, Yeah, you just feel I, I you know, I, I canceled that trip and I just, just feel shitty about it kind mm-hmm. of thing. So it, it's just uh, Yeah, so I, I mean it's just like I don't like something like this sort of looming over me. So, you know mm-hmm. I, I if and, and I also think uh, in the perspective of someone else, okay, like going like making a bet against a bad free throw shooter on if they can become a good one. You know, I can see how people think they're going to win that bet, but if I'm already a good free throw shooter and they like, it seems just weird to bet a fuckload of money against yeah. me becoming a very good free throw shooter. You know, it's just, like it, it's just, it's just, I don't really see who's going to come make that type of bet. But like, if, if the stakes are high enough and the terms are good and like, I think someone's giving me free money, like I probably would, but like, I don't, I don't um, want like, I don't want to do this process anytime soon. Like I'm excited to just, you know, go out golfing with just kind of my own motivation to motivate me rather than anything else. And, you know, maybe in two years I'd be interested in the golf bed or something like that. But like, for now it's just like that. I, I am very ex- Like, you know, I feel like I'm just like wearing like a fucking like weighted vest or something where it's just like, it, I'm, I'm like, okay, well if I go, if I go over, to, you know if I go over to a friend's house okay you know I might have a couple drinks okay if I have a couple drinks you know I won't be shooting that well okay then I might be hungover tomorrow okay then I yeah. I, I plan on shooting 300 free throws tonight mm-hmm. maybe I can shoot 50 before going to their house and 50 after oh that's costing me 200 free throws you know it's just like it's just it's just always been on it's just always kind of been on on my mind and I just I, I'm just very excited to not okay. have it on my mind like each kind of remind like it's the, the, the okay a weird the weirdest feeling for me and this I'm sure other people have similar things they do where it's just like it makes them happy it makes them unhappy for me I love wearing slippers you know I could I could wear I could I could wear I could wear slippers you know all day every day if, you know have a pair in public I just I love wearing slippers I wake up in the morning and it's like the two things I put on my I put on my slippers and I go grab a coffee but so so what happens is I know when I'm wearing slippers then I'm going to have to be like, okay, it's time to shoot free throws. Let's go downstairs, take off my slippers, put on my socks, put on my socks, (laughs) then put on my shoes or whatnot. And it's more kind of – it's just more steps that get in the way of of shooting free throws. So the last like five months, I've been like every morning I wake up, I put socks on, and it's like I put those socks on because now it's one less – Mental hurdle to go through before shooting 100 more free throws. Or whatever. It's just like this waking up every single time I'm putting my socks on, I just feel moderately unhappy because I'm like, I know I'm a slave to the free throws for the rest of the day. And then it was just like, whatever. Uh, Wednesday or Thursday, I woke up and I put on my slap root slippers. And I was like, I'm back. You know, it's, just, <laughs> it's you know, it, it's it's so it's so stupid, but it's just like it's just like a minor thing yeah. where it's just like I have such a negative association with putting on socks and such a positive association with putting on slippers. And it's like I uh, I'm sitting here, um, you know, wearing my slippers. And, you know, it, it's it's just like I don't know, it just it just feels good.
2: Awesome. Just to just to kind of put a bow on the bet. Uh, how many people did end up betting, have you been paid out and you don't have to say exact numbers, but how much did you, uh, end up like betting on it?
1: Yeah. So I bet about 210 K to win about 250 K. Um, I've had, I mean, the one thing I'll, I'll definitely give a shout out for, for the, for basically the people who I don't really know, there's probably four or five people I don't really know. And they've just all reached out to pay me. So you know, that's a you know shout out to poker Twitter for, you know, mm-hmm. and most of them did so on, um, you know, bef- like while the Nick drama was going on, they're like, you know, give me your Venmo. You want this mm-hmm. better. You know, it's just like, I mean, I don't have Venmo, but that's what every American says. It seems. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, so it's just like, it's nice. Um, yeah, like it's 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 just been nice that you know all the all the kind of yeah you know, bets of guys I didn't know they were all super proactive. Um, I with like I, I feel like it's yeah you know, with the guys that I'm friendly with or whatnot. I figured okay, I'll just kind of like wait for them to reach out to me. Like it's just you know losing bets, people you know can be sour, et cetera. Et cetera. So I'm just kind of I I, I don't I don't know. I, I I would like everyone knows that they owe and the people that you know haven't paid yet are all people who kind of like. I know are going to pay kind of thing. So I'm just kind of uh, waiting for kind of like social media to die down and shit like that. And then, uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not too concerned. I think, I think in total, actually, let me, let me check my, I think it was 14 people I bet against. Let me pull up the sheet. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, I bet against four, 14 people, um, on this. And it was kind of like, you Know one guy was like half the bet, and then there was you know another pretty big bet, and then a couple you know mid sized bet, you know. So it was you know, it was like, uh, yeah, I mean, the, all the guys that bet kind of you know, uh, five figures or more, I know I'm getting paid kind of thing, or I should know, knock on wood kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but well, yeah, well, it's um, you know, Nick was very quick to pay. I'll give you, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just you know, mention that where I, I had like a post, like, I, I had you know. He was being an asshole to me. I was being an asshole to him. Where I had a post being like, "Hey, let's see if this guy can afford to pay." And, you know, I, I had a little bit of a little bit of that <laughs> going on. Um, he paid, so you know, uh, clear that up. Um, but yeah, let's. Um, yeah, that would be. Uh, yeah, all in all, I'll, I'll, I'll. You'll probably hear from me in a week if there's anyone who's stiffing me or whatnot. But you know, either people have paid or I'm not really sweating the payment.
2: So now you can just put your slippers on and sail off <laughs> into the sunset. <laughs>
1: And. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's basically, yeah, once, yeah, then that's kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, in my mind, I'm already done with it. I'm not, you know, I'm not sweating, uh, I'm not sweating any of these guys or whatnot, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was an interesting experience. Uh, it was definitely, you know, i You know, Aaron kind of heckles me about this, where he, if he, when he sees my form, he basically, like, in his mind, around August, my form would look about like this, is kind of what he thought. And he was thinking, oh, maybe you'd be making, you know, 84 at that point or something, you know, in in his mind, if I won the bet, it would probably be like an October, November win. And by the time I won, I would look like a basketball player. So he says, you know, (laughs) My form looks about like where he thought I'd be in four or five months. He just, you know, the results have just been better. So, you know, it might've been cool to have won the bet and actually, you know, look <laughs> good at doing so <laughs> rather than, but, uh, you know, I have a very, you know, it's, you know, consistent, consistent shot, but, you know, an ugly shot nonetheless. So yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun thing, Glad it's done. And now kind of, uh, you know, onto, uh, onto just, yeah, wearing my slippers.
0: Awesome. Nice. I think we should wrap this up and I'm going to put that guy's tweet up when I find it. The guy who made funnier for him in the funniest way saying yeah, that yeah. You're, uh, you're the guy who calls uh, trips a set. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we'll we'll wrap with that because I think that was a, uh, you know, if you're going to troll, do it well. And that guy did it pretty well.
1: My two, my two favorite ones were him. And did you see Peter Chen's tweet saying congratulations? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do, you, do you know him at all or no? He's, no. Okay. So here's, so here's, Here's the background on that story. This this story is like, it's so damn funny. Um, so I'm standing around in, at WPT Montreal, um, or one of the Montreal tournaments with Tony Dunst. And this lady comes up to us and she's like, hey guys, and, you know, I just saw you from across the room and I just want to say I'm such a big fan. You know, Tony, your commentary is hilarious. I used to love the raw deal. You really, you know, reignited some of my kind of, uh, kind of my love for the World Poker Tour. And Jeff, you know, I love the flow show. I've had... <laughs> <laughs> and, and and so and she's like i love the flow show it's so damn funny you know it's, it's just yeah, you're my you're one of my favorite twitchers And i'm just like oh thanks i really
2: it really means a lot That's so, amazing.
1: so yeah so i <laughs> yep. so i said so, so, so i sent so i sent out i sent out a tweet being like just got mistaken for jeff gross like how's your morning going or you know so, something something along those lines and then so so then peter chen who's like i mean He, you know, he runs the big game in Niagara. Like, it's funny, where he's the last guy you'd expect to be like a, you know, like a private game host or whatnot, but he's, uh,
2: oh wait, Peter, I think I might know him actually.
1: Okay. Gotcha. Uh, Um, yes. So so Peter then like hours later, he goes up to Jeff Gross, like, Hey man, I'm a big fan. I want a picture. Like when you won EPT Dortmund at age 18, like just starts, (laughs) starts talking to Jeff as if he's like me. And then he finds other guys in the, you know, and he's like, you know, shows his picture taken with, you know, Mike McDonald, which is Jeff. And then he finds, you know, another guy who he says, you know, looks like Kawhi Leonard and another guy he says looks like, yeah. And he's getting all these pictures and it kind of became like his brand of this. So he, he's like, Hey, you know, then after I won that, he's like, Hey, congrats Mike on your bed. It was awesome. Well, you know, love meeting basketball players. He shows a picture of Jeff gross tagged as me. <laughs> and then he shows, this picture. yeah. So that was, that was, that was one of the, one of the funniest tweets as well. Uh, just, yeah, that was, there's been a couple of, there's been a couple of very good ones. I've been trying to retweet anyone who says something funny, but, uh, yeah. yeah, that is, yeah. Shout out to Peter. He's been, uh, he's been crushing the, uh, social media. <laughs>
2: nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much
0: for coming on. This was a great chat. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah. yeah. Let me know if you make any more bets or if you find a therapist that works for you. I feel like we have, we're like on the same page with the kind of person we're looking for. <laughs>
1: I mean, so the, I guess the one thing the one thing I will say is, uh, do you uh, do you remember Greg Dyer, uh, Funky Monkey? He got like third in EPT Barcelona, maybe had a bracelet or something.
0: Sounds he, very familiar, but I'm
1: I'm not sure. So I think he, you know, I think he left poker. He worked on Obama's campaign, and then I think he was mm-hmm. early early worked at Airbnb. You know, done. He's been out of poker for maybe ten years, um, but now he's you know he's becoming a therapist oh, um, and cool. just like someone who's played high stakes <laughs> poker at the highest level. And it is becoming, like, I think that's what, you know, you have to do so many thousands of hours of of this or whatnot. But, like, once he's kind of got his credentials and whatnot, like, I think that's going to be my go-to where, you know, it's someone who I've known since I was, you know, 16, who's Mm -hmm. come from this background, who's, you know, going and trying to help out people like me. I think that's, that's going to be the route I'm going. So yeah. Yeah. I don't, I have no idea where he's at, but uh, yeah, I imagine there probably a lot of poker players are probably like working uh, with Greg is, is, is that's, that's probably going to be my route. Nice.
0: Nice. Yeah. Thanks for the tip.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No problem.
0: <laughs> All right. All right anyway. Yeah. Thanks. Right.
1: Thanks for having me on the show. It's been a fun chat. All
2: right, yeah, thanks guys. I'll see you next week with another guest. Yeah. Stay
1: safe.